Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. All right. Welcome back, everybody. No time to waste. Tons to get to here. This might be a little bit longer. I've got plenty of audio to play, too, regarding some of these stories, and I'm just going to get right into it. I've got, again, some education things, jab-related stuff, a lot of weird things going on. And then a new Pfizer document is out where they're asking for FDA approval for newborns. It's an abomination. Uh, The mask wearing and the jab taking and the mandates are coming back in full force, at least certainly in some lines of work. I'm going to read some of that too, which was sent in by a listener. Yeah, this is wild stuff, but I got to get to this one first because this is next level. This one, I got to tell you, right when you think you've got it figured out regarding how stupid people are in the the business of education, they always surprise you with, with something new. And this is amazing. This happened last week, or certainly within the last couple of weeks, but some individuals who work within a particular school district in Arkansas, the Prairie Grove School District in Arkansas. I'm going to summarize this, but I'm just going to play the audio too. What a middle school principal did, a female school, a middle school principal, is apparently during a faculty meeting or something along those lines. They played for the faculty a video that they had made, that they themselves or someone close to them had made, that was basically a public service announcement about school safety, but it had to do with a school shooting that had taken place within their school district, which had not taken place, again, because it was just a PSA, but it included pictures of students with blood on them, apparently, and then a list of dead kids, which included students within their own building, including some of the teacher's own children. <laughs> I just can't. I, you can't. You can't make this up. It's, it's, too, it's too hilarious. It's too stupid. And this is what happens, again, when you have School administrators with too much time on their hand, and they think that it's their job to make a positive difference in creating a video of some kind because they think that all these school shootings are real. And then they actually go to the lengths to make something like this that includes their own, you know, their own participants within their own building without the consent or permission from anyone involved. And then they just play it. And then they just assume that everybody's supposed to like it. I got to tell you, when a person believes a lie, and then they they make up something like this, and then show it to people, uh, again, thinking they're making some positive difference, it's just next-level stupidity. I'm going to play the audio from the, uh, the news outlet here. Give this a listen. This kind of summarizes it. And then again, there was a... Uh, Oh, it's too funny. I have a smile on my face. There was a, a board meeting that, of course, took place after the fact where they placed the superintendent, where they, the superintendent resigned and the middle school principal uh, resigned also. And then they were given uh, basically this, ne- this entire month of December off with pay before, before they leave. You've heard me speak about that before from a procedural standpoint. I'll get into that at the end of the video, but give this video a listen first. Here we go. 
There was a very heated meeting earlier tonight with parents in a local school district over a controversial video shown to uh, teachers. Do you not care about your teachers that want to listen to them at all? Do you not want to listen? Now, that's the group of teachers and parents that gathered for this evening's special meeting of the Prairie Grove School Board. The board quickly went into executive session to discuss a personnel matter, but soon returned to announce this, that Superintendent Reba Holmes will be going on a leave of absence with pay until her retirement in 2023. This is the school's website showing Holmes, and the board also announced that the Prairie Grove Middle School principal, Shane Taylor, will be going on a leave of absence with pay. Teachers in the crowd told 4029 that the special meeting was called because of a video that was shown to them on Wednesday. They say the safety video showed kids photos, and it implied that the children of the teachers were killed in a fake school shooting. We are not provided the means to follow these safe safety protocols, um, but they're going to steal our pictures off of our Facebook accounts and um, make it seem like they died in a shooting. I feel completely unsupported and completely disrespected. Now, the assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction, Pete, Jenks will take over as interim superintendent. That's what the board announced. We reached out to them several times today to the school district and the superintendent. They were not willing to talk to us on camera. Okay, my apologies. I got it backwards. It was the uh, it, it was a female superintendent and a male principal. Okay, either way, somebody knew that this was going on. They knew what they were doing. They didn't ask around to think if it was tasteful or not. They just did it. Okay, this <laughs> again, this is the stupidity of these people, and it blows me away. The other, the other interesting part is, is that these dummies who sit on the school board, okay, you, you've heard me bring up the procedures that typically take place within these meetings. At any time, if they really wanted to, they could allow for a Q&A, a back and forth where they're asked questions as school board members, and then they provide answers to the public. In this particular board meeting where you had teachers showing up in mass, which I have to tell you is uncharacteristic when you have that many teachers showing up at a, at a school board meeting. Normally, they tend to stay away. They tend to stay away because, again, they know that if they show up, then their face is going to be recognized and that might back up on them, retribution, workplace bullying, uh, setting them up to get fired, whatever it may be. The tables have turned now, in particular in this particular situation. Um, e even when you think back to like, you know, the most famous nationwide famous Loudoun County, Virginia school board meetings, you had lots of teachers showing up to those board meetings and, and giving them hell. And then board members would try to bully them out of their workplace, and then they would end up suing as school teachers, and they'd end up winning. And I mean, it's just, it's so corrupt, it's disgusting. But at the end of the board meeting, they very quickly look around to adjourn, go into executive session, then they come back, then they adjourn, and then they stand up and they leave. You've got parents and teachers screaming at them, calling them cowards, yelling, all of it. It's amazing, you know, when the election comes around, we're, we're not going to forget it. And they're screaming and yelling, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. 
however, I've, I've got to I've got to bring this up too because it's it it is procedure. When you're getting rid of people who work within a school building, very often the school district and the school board members are told to not speak about it and to be limited in their words because it's a legal matter. So the district lawyer will look at them and say, "Look, adjourn your meeting. Get on with it." Don't speak about this. Don't talk to the media. Uh, you know, just go through the procedures, cut them loose, this, that, and the other. It's it's all legal advice that that the lawyer is is providing the district for a variety of reasons. Because again, if the school board gets caught saying something that didn't happen, that could back up on them even more. Uh, you know, they made the right move in cutting these people loose. They, of course, were allowed to resign and, and whatever else. It's remarkably unprofessional what they did. Is it illegal? No, but it's unprofessional. And it's, again, it's careless. And it's, yes, they, they deserve to get fired, certainly pressured to leave out of sheer embarrassment. And the fact that nobody will ever take them seriously ever again as, as administrators. Um, and their name, of course, is out there in the public and people know who they are. On top of that, again, you had people crying in the room. You could probably hear it in some of that audio. I mean, there were, there were people seriously upset. There's an even bigger issue here, though, which has to do just with lying and believing things that are not real. It, it, you have to assume that the people who work within the school district and within the school building believe all of these shootings. They believe them all to be real. Sandy Hook, Uvalde, the St. Louis thing. You know, whatever it was, you can you can make that assumption. Uh, I would cut off a finger to sit in a room with those parents and those school teachers who were that angry, and talk with them and tell them about how they've been manipulated, and how they are manipulated on a day in and day out basis, and then that manipulation causes a superintendent and a school principal to either collude with one another or engage in such an activity like that to where they would feel it necessary to create a video like that and then just play it, assuming that everybody's going to like it. That, that's a level of mental manipulation that most people cannot grasp. Again, they're grabbing onto something, multiple things, multiple incidents that did not happen. And then that's driving their decision-making. You can see this across any avenue in education you want. Pick a thing. Pick a thing in education, anything. Any political issue, whatever it is. The origin of it is not real. If you follow that line backwards in time all the way to the person who created that particular movement or whatever it was, it's not real. It's fake. But by the time it makes its way into a school building, or a school district, people believe it to be real. Let me give you one quick example of how absurd all of this is in, in, in what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back when Sandy Hook happened, which of course it didn't happen, no one died. Back during the Sandy Hook thing, when I was teaching in Southwest Florida, and I wasn't the only one, and I've brought up this example a long time ago, uh, back when I was talking about Sandy Hook earlier in previous episodes, but there were, there were district officials, one or two of them, in the district office in the county where I was working, who sent out an email to other people through somebody else where they said that they were friends or relatives of 
the school principal of Sandy Hook who was shot and killed. Now, think about the odds of that. The odds are slim and none and slim left town. It's impossible. Here's the funny part. Not only is that ridiculous and not true, that same story was told multiple times in multiple school districts across the United States because I heard it more than once. I heard someone else in another school district in another state say the exact same thing, that they were friends with or relatives of one of the teachers or one of the school principals, the school principal in the Sandy Hook shooting who, who was shot and killed by Adam Lanza. It's impossible. But here's, here's how effective the CIA is. The CIA knows that people will read an email and believe it. Look what's happened again with the medical industry. Doctors read emails and then they inject people. School teachers and school administrators will read an email coming from someone at the district office and they just blindly believe it. I bet if you asked at least one administrator in every school district, or one administrator, I should say, in every state in the United States, they would all say that they either knew, were related to, or knew someone who was related to one of the quote-unquote victims of Sandy Hook. That's how pervasive the lie was. Because the CIA is embedded within K-12 school districts all over the United States, and they always have been. People call them indoctrination camps, but they don't want to believe that the organization that creates indoctrination is within those actual districts as paid employees, and they are. That's a very deep rabbit hole, and I know I've just taken a you know, a hard turn off of an exit from the original story of them creating this this video. But my point is, that's what manipulation does. It tricks all of these individuals again into believing things that aren't real and then creating things based on a lie and then pushing that onto other people. Those people are upset because it's, again, in this particular case, it's unprofessional. And then they end up losing their jobs and they can't for the life of them figure out why. Jokes on everybody, none of it's real. School shootings are so rare, they hardly ever happen. And most of them are manufactured. Now again, here's another thing, and this is a procedural step, again, that the school board made in this, in this Arkansas school district, which is shocking to a lot of people, including employees and parents. It's not unusual. In fact, it happens all of the time, and it happened with me when I taught school, and I quit. The Individuals who end up resigning or leaving or quitting or even getting fired, they are owed money. And they're owed money because of one thing, sick days. When you accumulate sick days, you're owed that money. Because again, you're given days and then if you don't use them, there are, you know, there's a dollar sign attached to each day. So when, when someone is placed on administrative leave with pay, or someone is placed on leave, or they are resigning, uh, and their resignation you know, officially goes into effect, we'll say, a month from now or two months from now. They will get paid through that time only because they have that many sick days 
that they have accumulated that they're cashing in, basically. The sad part is that procedures like what I just said are not explained to even teachers nor parents and quote-unquote community members. This is, the, this is the problem that I have with school boards being tight-lipped about their pro- policies and procedures. All of this is usually written down somewhere, but it's sort of the unwritten rules that exist also. And they would do well to explain that to the public, but they don't want to because then they feel like they're losing control. The more they tell the public, the more they tell parents and, and even their own employees, the less control they have at the top. So again, you know, you may have heard some individuals in that audio clip screaming from the back of the room saying, what? That's a paid vacation. Well, yes and no. They have a legal obligation to pay them those days. If they don't, then they're stealing the money and they can't do that either. So that's why they, that's why they end up pulling them out of their position formally and then paying them the money that they're owed. And then they leave and they're, and they're fired. What should happen in this particular case, of course, is that investigation should take place. It should be written down. They should be interviewed. They should go through that entire process at the district level. And then there should be that, well, I should put it this way, that investigation should go then to the state level where the state should do their investigation and then make a determination about their teaching certificate. That's typically how it goes, or their administrative certificate. That's, again, that's typically the procedure. That's typically how it, it runs. But even school teachers and parents don't know that procedure. And I've been through that before on this show numerous times. So the reason that there's a lot of unknowns is because, again, it's poor communication. And the school district, in particular, the school board members never want to give up any power whatsoever. They don't want people to know how they really operate. Now, again, they, they have to operate that way. Again, Money owed is money owed. You have to pay them that, whether they're still holding the position or not. But they just don't want to explain it to people because, again, it's the old I know something you don't know kind of thing. That's stupid and childish, but it it does happen. Okay, shifting gears here now. uh, Speaking of stupid, you may recall this, and I can't read this whole article because it's blocked. Even on 12-foot ladder, I'm, I'm not allowed to read it. Thanks, Daily Wire, for nothing. Uh, again, not a fan of the Daily Wire, but you may recall this particular story. I, I don't know if this was Loudoun County. I, memory serves, I think it was, but it was certainly a Virginia school district where a uh, let's see, it was a, it was a male student who was raping a female student in the girl's bathroom because the boy identified as a girl. You, you may recall that. Anyway, uh, here's, uh, here's the latest on that. It says a grand jury finds Virginia school bathroom rape handling worse than known and officials, and they rip officials intentional amnesia, quote unquote. Uh, again, I can only read a portion of this here at the top. It says a Virginia grand jury investigating a public school district's apparent cover-up of the rape of a girl by a male student in a girl's bathroom which made national headlines after the Daily Wire investigation blasted school officials for their stunning lack of transparency and intentional amnesia in a much-anticipated report released Monday. In the fact-finding report, the nine-person Loudoun County, there it is, panel, disclosed for the first time that the teacher's aide, or that a teacher's aide, walked into the bathroom, and it cuts off there. Apparently, 
They walked into the bathroom and saw this taking place and didn't tell anybody, and they just turned around and walked away. Again, the amount of intimidation and fear that exists among individuals who work within these school environments is enormous. So much so, you can watch a rape taking place between two students, and you as an employee are afraid to say anything because you think it's going to back up on you. This is the environment. It is like this lots of places, endless places, cultures of fear, cultures of intimidation. It is not new. This is something that has been going on for a very long time, certainly when big government got a hold of schooling and worked its way in, government mentality, government behaviors, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I hear of cases like this and behaviors like this, and I can't help but think of the school principal who, uh, who I worked in the same building with, who is an abomination. And this woman, again, her name is Kathy Corsoletti, by the way. I've brought her up before. You can look her up. She's a nightmare. Um, I partially wrote a book about her unprofessional behavior. That was the first book that I ever wrote, Where the Finger Points. She's the problem. And people of her, whatever, ugh, people of her yuckiness are the problem. She, you can even look her up on, uh, on LinkedIn. She, she's the school principal for uh, Charlotte County Charlotte, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Charlotte County High School in Charlotte County, Florida. Um, she has a meme on her LinkedIn page that basically says something to the tune of, don't be an individual, be collaborative, because if you're not collaborative, there's no room for individuality. Something like that. It's basically, again, don't be an individual. Uh, work together and be collaborative on everything all of the time. That's insane. That's insane. See, these people who run a lot of these buildings don't want people to be individuals. They don't want you to be who God made you to be as a person. They want you all to agree on everything all of the time because as a management practice, which is a poor management practice, they think that if you all agree on the same thing, nothing bad will happen. Well, look what's happening with these monsters. Uh, and these brainwashed goons walking into different bathrooms and identifying as whatever they're identifying as. The environment that supports this and, and having all of the people in the building support these kinds of behaviors, how's that working out for them? How is it working out for everybody when everybody's on the same page all of the time? It's impossible. We're individuals. We are not a collective. We're individuals. We are not conjoined twins. And as you've heard me say, conjoined twins have different personalities. So, again, this one world order, new world order, we're all doing the same thing. We're all in this together. That entire mentality, it's a bad management practice. It's a bad leadership, quote unquote, practice. It gets people hurt. It gets people killed. It gets people fired. And it's a brainwashing tactic. It's gaslighting. And it never works. Not ever. And as you know, gaslighting is psychological abuse. That's exactly what it is. And I want to give you another example of some psychological abuse, of course, that's occurring, again, in this same exact vein, so to speak, of the, uh, of the transgender this and the I, I can identify as whatever 
I want that. Um, it, it's this Doug Levin dude, which, by the way, I don't, I don't call these trannies by their made-up names. I call them by their birth name. Okay, Doug Levine, Doug Levin. They go by Rachel, but it's a dude. Uh, and they are, again, the Assistant Secretary of Health under Joe Biden, apparently. Again, this person is not going to survive when it's all said and done. But I'm going to play the two-minute audio here. And excuse me, what what they're advocating for, and you're going to hear the phrase. I want to see if you can catch it. Because they say it, this Doug guy says it pretty specifically, but kind of sneaks it in. And it's a fancy two-word phrase for it's okay to cut your genitals off and it's okay to chemically castrate people and we need to su- we need to support that and if you're not supporting that then you're the problem and it's our job to support that this of course is a tranny this of course is a uh, a degenerate this is an individual who is not well and no we don't need to support this i'll never support this this is disgusting these people are an abomination uh yeah with that said Here's the audio of them. And again, this was back, I believe, in, let's see, this was back in September of this year. Either way, catch this particular two-word phrase if you can in three, two, one. So I encourage all of you to think of yourselves as ambassadors to your community. Ambassadors for science. Ambassadors for compassion. Ambassadors for these conversations don't have to be limited, restricted to a medical setting. Offer yourselves as informational resources, not just for youth, but for school teachers, principals, school boards, professional organizations, recreation centers, county commissioners, and others who could benefit from this information in your perspective. Please proactively seek opportunities to speak about what you Our task is to educate the public in as many forms as possible. We need to have these conversations that question the assumptions that are underlying today's attacks on transport. Pushing back the veil of ignorance demands this extra effort. This is, a, this is the challenge for our profession. For almost 40 years, I have considered it an honor to be a doctor. I believe in our role as healers. I believe in our role as truth. The truth that we need to confront now is that medicine and science are being politically perverted around this country. It destroys human life. We have reached a tipping point for the role in medicine and civic life, for the health and well-being of LGBTQI plus youth and other Americans. Those who attack our community are driven by an agenda politics. It has nothing to do with medicine. It has nothing to do with science. It has nothing to do with warm empathy, compassion, and understanding. They are rejecting the value of supportive medicine, rejecting well-established science, simply rejecting basic we as doctors and as people who love our communities and love our nation have to confront that fact that the language of care and compassion that they're using is being taken to granted to literally tear our communities apart. So we have to stand up. We have to take a stand on behalf of those who are being. That's what we do, even when it's. Sorry for any audio troubles there uh, and sort of the bouncing in and out. Point is, Doug's confused. That's the point. Everything that Doug just said is backwards. 
That's it. Everything they said is backwards. They are not well. They live somewhere else. Their their head looks like mashed potatoes. There is nothing going on inside of that person that is normal. Not a thing. Did you catch the two-word phrase that essentially translates into, we need to support and recommend chemical castration and anybody who wants to identify as whatever they want to identify as along with medical procedures and drugs and whatever else. The phrase they used was, quote unquote, supportive medicine. If you said supportive medicine, you win a prize. This is the phrase that you need to watch out for in the future when it comes to doctors, school teachers, you name it. If they start saying things like supportive medicine, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. They're looking to cut somebody's genitals off. They're looking to chemically castrate people. And we need to support that. Only the devil would have his hand uh, in something like this. These people, again, are too far gone. You cannot fix that. You cannot, you cannot uh, reverse course with someone like this. Not ever. You can't. There's another important avenue here that I want to touch on just briefly. And it really is a big, big deal because it's intuitive in, in most of us that Doug is unnatural and that when you hear someone like Doug talk, who believes that they're a woman when in fact they are not, they, uh, well, you who listening to this, you, you, get, you get queasy or you get a weird feeling in your body when you hear someone like that talk. That's not unusual. In fact, it's very normal. There's a particular study, too, that I want to reference that has everything to do with that feeling. There was a study a while back, and this has been done numerous times on numerous occasions with numerous individuals. It has to do, again, the, the name of the study has slipped my mind. I'm sure I could look it up very quickly but because there are many of them. But it has to do with neural pathways and, and brain mapping and observing the activity inside of the brain when an individual is shown particular things and then of course they make the determination as to what the person was thinking and how they were feeling based on what they were seeing. In one particular study, they showed the participants of the study video of video and pictures of men kissing each other, gay men kissing one another. The same neural pathways were made when they were watching images of that, and then they were shown images of disgusting things like trash, feces, garbage, the two of them mixed together, scenes that, uh, scenes that were quote-unquote gross, okay? The same neural pathways were made with both examples, men kissing and then that happening, looking at pictures of, of a pile of dog shit or something. It, it's, the, it's the same thing. It's the same feeling and it's the same exact innate, uh, intuitive behavior that a person has when they, when, when they even hear a voice like, like Doug Levine or Doug Levin or however you say it. It, it. it doesn't matter. It's the same exact thing. Not to mention, if you can get even past that, which is difficult to do, but you get past that and you actually listen to what they're actually saying, it's even dumber and it's even grosser 
Because again, in that two minute clip, he's saying, hey, look, uh, anybody who's fighting against what, you know, us wanting to cut our genitals off, they're going against science. And it's all political, so don't pay attention to them. They aren't paying attention to science, biology, or, uh, or anything else. They're just paying attention to radical politics. That's how far gone the person is. They're so far gone, reality is upside down. And they are walking through life believing that that's a survivable characteristic. It, of course, is not. And I've been through that particular subject at length. The long-term and short-term impact, of course, that all of that has on children, increased, uh, you know, increased risk of suicide, mental and emotional decline, depression, anxiety, you name it. So people like Doug Levin or Levine are trying to uh, get kids killed. That's a problem, and I don't like them. So there you go. And me not liking them is completely normal. Completely normal. Okay. Here's something else, unfortunately, that is becoming normal, and you've heard me mention this before. It has to do with, again, states that are relaxing the rules for their standardized tests because people aren't passing them. Because as we know, they're not teaching anything in schools anymore. It's all perversion and whatever else. But uh, the public schools have no, have no option. They have to do this with their student population because they're failing. So, yeah, this is happening in New Mexico. Sicily tossed this my way. Uh, give this audio a listen from their local news outlet in three, two, one. New Mexico is relaxing requirements for some high school students when it comes to standardized test scores. The Public Education Department announced this week that students on track to graduate in 2024 will not have to pass tests that gauge that have gauged whether they're eligible to move on from high school. Education Secretary Kurt Steinhaus says the decision was based on impacts of the coronavirus pandemic and on guidance from federal officials to consider the high stakes of such testing. Isn't pattern recognition just glorious? Isn't it amazing? You've heard that audio on this show from numerous states regarding numerous stories, all different, I might add, but all having to do with the exact same kinds of things, in particular the excuses they use. It's the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we are eliminating the standardized tests that students have to take in order to graduate from high school. It's because of the pandemic. No, it's because you're a bunch of dummies. That's why. It's because you're not teaching your subjects accurately. You're too busy playing pretend, and you're not playing reality. Therein lies the problem. They're playing, let's use whatever bathroom we want, let's identify as whatever we want, let's wear cat ears and cattails in school, and everything will be just fine. No, nothing will be fine. That's not how it works. That's just not how it works. And New Mexico, again, is not the only state that's done that. Ohio is doing it. Kentucky is doing it. Uh, Indiana has done it. Numerous states all across the United States are doing that. And they're doing them, I might add, as again, you've heard me say, in different avenues of the field of education. They're doing it when it comes to school teachers themselves and, and limiting 
the uh, the test parameters to become a certified educator. Again, you've heard me talk about you know the uh, the, the the certification and licensure process when it comes to education. I think it's an abomination. I don't think it should exist at all. Uh, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree should be more than enough, but they make you take a couple of tests, and then of course they make you re-up them with professional development years down the line, and you have to keep that up and keep that going, and it's it's a waste of time and a waste of money. In fact, I would argue that maintaining a teacher licensure actually makes you dumber than it does make you smarter, because if you engage in particular activities that the school district allows, but they weren't the ones that put it on, then they frown upon that because you're getting your information from other places that are above them. I'll give you a quick example. When I was a middle school teacher, I gave uh, at least one presentation at a national middle school conference. It's the largest, uh, it was whatever it was. It was, it was dumb, but it was the largest middle school conference that exists in the nation. I think it was AMLE, if I'm not mistaken. I could have that wrong, but whatever. Uh, it's irrelevant now. Point is, is that I used that trip and that, and that presentation as professional development because it qualified under the district's professional development parameters. That, of course, translates itself into points, and then those points go onto your licensure, uh, and then once you reach a certain amount of points by a certain, amount of, uh, by a certain number of years or a certain length of time, your licensure, uh, whatever, it's re-upped. They didn't like that I did that. Because I didn't like their professional development as a school district. It was an abomination. It was a complete embarrassment, totally unorganized, and it was complete crap. So I, I, went, to the, I went to the national level to get a bigger idea as to what was going on nationwide. That way I could see in advance what was going to be coming down and filtering down to the local level. And of course, what I saw was a nightmare, and it turned out to be true. It was only a matter of time before that national stuff becomes a local issue and then it becomes normalized. At the end of my career, though, they were questioning me as to why I had this professional development at a particular national conference, middle school conference, when it was me myself giving the professional development. Because again, school districts hate it when their own school teachers provide professional development. They believe it's supposed to come from administrators and district officials, not you as a school teacher. Heaven forbid the school teacher be smarter than everybody else. They hate that. So, again, if it's not good enough for them, even though it's, it's allowed, they don't want you to do it. They want you to just play their ball game, not play the ball game. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my point. The whole licensure thing is a nightmare. and. Uh, and and the the retardation of standardized tests nationwide is going to continue and they're going to ring this pandemic excuse as much as they possibly can it's their only excuse and this is going to back up on them which is why again we are witnessing the complete collapse of american k12 education i find it delightful it's going to happen it is happening and it's going to continue to ramp up here with time. Because again, you've heard me bring up the excuses for the jabs and all the excuses they're creating with that. 
I mean, <laughs> it's it's mind numbing. It's temple rubbing insanity. But to say that the reason that students aren't succeeding is because you pulled them all out of school a couple of years ago, stop it. That's dumb. It's dumb and lazy. So there you go. Okay. Now I'm going to shift gears here away from education and, and, and go into some uh, geopolitical things and certainly jab-related stuff as well. First of all, I wanted to, I wanted to make mention of this. Uh, Kirstie Alley passed away, the actress who was famously on Cheers. I grew up watching the show, enjoyed it, and um, yeah, and she allegedly passed away of cancer at the age of 71 apparently a cancer that she didn't know she had until recently and then very quickly died. Kirstie Alley was a Scientologist, but with that aside for a minute, and of course it's a cult, but with that aside for a second, she was a patriot, without a doubt. This woman spoke out against Hollywood, she spoke out against brainwashed celebrities, she spoke out against all of it, and she was a conservative and voted for Trump and, and loved Trump and the whole thing. The reason I'm also mentioning this is because I came across her conservative mind, so to speak, back in 2020 for the first time. She was very outspoken in 2020 on Twitter, and I included a great deal of her tweets in the Storm series book series that I created, which again chronicled all of the events on a daily basis from March of 2020 through Easter Sunday of 2021, which is when I stopped that book series. And again, it's 14 volumes long. Uh, you can check it out on my webpage. Amazon has deleted a bunch of the volumes. That happened as soon as Joe Biden uh, was installed as the fake president of the United States. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Kirstie Alley because again, her tweets were awesome. And they were very enlightening. They woke a lot of people up to what was going on in particular in Hollywood, and she was fearless when, she, when it came to talking about that. So props to her. Rest in peace. Um, the cancer thing is suspicious. We know that the government has means and ways of giving people cancer uh, very quickly, and then they pass away quickly. So I don't know if something nefarious happened, again, in particular with her connections to Scientology. She was outspoken, but either way, uh, rest in peace, no doubt about it. Here's the next piece of audio I want to play. This has to do with Dr. Jane Ruby, who I enjoy, and I support her without a doubt. She, of course, is a, a medical researcher, and she calls herself a medical researcher. I don't know what she has a degree in that makes her a doctor, but whatever. She's not lying. Uh, e either way, she started showing up again with regularity on the Stu Peters show, and then she went off on her own and has her own show through the same network, I believe. And she is being sued by Robert Malone. Robert Malone has decided to just start suing everybody for multiple millions of dollars because uh, he's a lunatic, allegedly. So either way, I want to play this particular audio from her show just the other day uh, because she too does not care for Simone Gold at all. She talks about Simone Gold's past a little bit. And uh, America's Frontline Doctors, again, has released another statement describing, again, the lawsuit that they have apparently pending or going forward regarding Simone Gold, keeping in mind that Simone Gold is acting as if none of this is happening. But if you get into the comments section 
of Simone Gold, as you've heard me read on this show uh, on Gab. Uh, yeah, people don't like Simone Gold. And she's a psycho, allegedly, because she's, again, just acting as if nothing bad is happening and we're all just supposed to be gaslit to her sorcery. But as you've also heard other individuals say again in other audio that I've played on this show, it is characteristic of a narcissist, allegedly. So I want to play this particular audio from Dr. Jane Ruby and give this a listen. First of all, I began recommending wildly uh, AFLD to many of the tens of thousands of people in my Telegram channel across all my social media uh, because they could safely and accurately get uh, prescriptions filled for hydroxychloroquine. And I, I, I had a lot of confidence in the organization. Somewhere around, I want to say, about a year ago, maybe very, very late 2021 and into 2022, I began to get messages in large numbers over long periods of time. I watch for that kind of consistency from my channel members. And they were saying to me, Dr. Jane, I sent my money in. I filled out the paperwork online. Uh, it's been three months and I haven't heard anything. I thought, wow. I initially, when they first started dispensing, I went to their website and purchased uh, prescriptions uh, filled for hydroxychloroquine for myself and family members. And I got them in a few days. So they, when they started out, things were great. But I started getting the same message, the same problem over and over again. When I reached out to the then acting medical director, Richard Amerling, he said it was just a glitch and that they were working on it. And then we started to get reports that when people were getting medication, it came in packaging from, I guess, the third party vendor that was outsourced to provide this medication for AFLD, uh, that there was literature in there about getting the vaccine, get your vaccine, get your shot, get your C-19 shot. And I went back to Dr. Richard Amerling and I asked about that. And he said, oh, yeah, that's the, we outsourced it and we've got to get them to change that. Well, P.S., nothing ever changed. In fact, the take your money and ghost the customer problem became worse and worse and worse until finally I stopped recommending them. And I recommended other outlets that by then were well-developed. So... What started to happen and what started to come out in the last, I'd say, month or so, but what came out in this press release just yesterday <clears throat> was that there <clears throat> excuse me, were withdrawals made from the organization's bank account in the amount of $3.6 million that happened to match the price of a new home in Naples, Florida, with Dr. Gold's name on it. It was also... Uh, didn't get the story quite full yet, but there was either an assistant of hers or someone affiliated uh, that also took out uh, $50,000 from the organization's bank account. I'm not sure what happened to that money. Could there be an innocent explanation? Of course. Um, you know, could it be the beginning of a bigger headache for her than the January 6th issue? Possibly. I'll let you decide. 
Let's take a closer look at the things the organization alleges uh, against her. So they have put out this press release. The Board of Directors of America's Frontline Doctors release statement and fact sheet regarding attacks. This is their words. Attacks by Simone Gold. And it says, today the Board of Directors of America's Frontline Doctors released the following statement and fact sheet regarding attacks on the organization by former board member Simone Gold. Statement from the board. It was our most sincere hope that we could avoid an ugly public fight that not only threatens the future of AFLDS, but more broadly puts the entire medical freedom movement at risk. Sadly, they say, this is their, I'm quoting, Dr. Gold has chosen not to muster a legal defense to the claims brought by the board, but has instead chosen to illegally, their words, use AFDLDS funds and assets to spread baseless claim after baseless claim. The lawsuit the board is bringing against her speaks for itself and the facts and the law behind it are overwhelming. Dr. Gold will be brought to justice and the donors and the mission of AFLDS will be protected. Number one, and it says, and the way they've got it broken down is they number it and then they say fiction, or I guess the myth or the rumor. And then they make a statement in their press release to correct it. Again, I'm giving you their side. Uh, If I can, I would love to get Dr. Simone Gold on the Dr. Jane Ruby show and talk to her about it and get her take on this, get her responses to this. Number one, fiction. Joey Gilbert, who's an attorney, by the way, who's board member, purchased the home in Naples, Florida. And they say, they explain how this money on November 14th, 2021, Simone Gold signed as the buyer. First of all, I love when people are suing uh, a, a person who's credentialed and they don't call them by their credential any longer. It's something that Malone did a lot. I'm doing it with him because he did it with me. Uh, and it's Jane Ruby. It's Jane Ruby, right? Not Dr. Jane Ruby, because God forbid he should give me my due. Um, but so I just notice it here. It's just something I notice. It's not Dr. Simone Gold. It's it's without the doctor. So anyway, that supposedly she signed as a buyer on a purchase agreement for a $3.6 million home in Naples, Florida. Her personal security driver then withdrew $50,000 from the bank to put the deposit down. There's that 50000 AFLDS accountants saw this withdrawal and called counsel to question where the money went. It was at this time that attorneys working for the foundation found out about the home. Over the next few days, they scrambled to figure out what to do with this property, and the attorneys decided to set up an LLC to purchase it. Apparently, I don't understand that part. They're going to have to explain themselves. It was already purchased, but they're going to purchase it and put it because it was purchased with their money. Apparently, they were going to put it under their, one of their own subsidiary LLCs. Not a legal expert, always the first to disclaim that. Um, and then they said no, no board member was a, a, a aware of this purchase. Okay. Um, Dr. Gold, not Joey Gilbert, lives in the house and pays no rent for it. So she's living there with the money paid for out of the bank account of AFDL, uh, a America's Frontline Doctors. Okay, fact number two, Joey Gilbert and Simone Gold are engaged in a battle for control of AFLDS. The fact 
is, they say, the board of AFLDS, not Joey Gilbert, brought the suit against Dr. Gold for financial improprieties, and it was brought on behalf of AFLDS and its donors. Number three, Dr. Simone Gold is the chairman of the AFLDS board and serves as the organization's president. Fact, factual response, Dr. Gold is not on the board of AFLDS and holds no position with the organization. Dr. Gold resigned from the AFLDS board on February 2, 2022. That's 2222. Interesting. Just thought I'd mention that. Number four, Dr. Simone Gold is currently the victim of a smear campaign. This is getting a little kind of, you know, slugging the mud around like, don't get into that. Just stick with the facts and the legal issues. Their fact response is until now, AFLDS has limited its statements to verified pleadings until now in court and prepared by its attorneys after careful investigation. The lawsuit isn't about Dr. Gold. This lawsuit is about the integrity of AFLDS, about protecting the donors, and about defending the mission. I think it's to protect themselves so they keep their donors, but that's just one. And I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't have a dog in the race. Um, if she's done something wrong that needs to be investigated properly, she needs her due process. If she hasn't, then there's other, you know, if they've done things wrong, that has to be investigated. I'm just laying this out for you. Fact number five, Pastor Jurgen and Sheriff Mack are not board members. The fact response is both Pastor and Sheriff were added to the board by unanimous vote on December 9th, 2021. Number six, Joey Gilbert was terminated from AFLDS and removed from the board. They reply, the minutes of the board of directors on AFLDS indisputably show that Joey Gilbert was duly elected as a member of the board and continues to serve in that capacity. Joey Gilbert is the board chairman. Number seven, Dr. Gold and her staff have recently uncovered several new damning charges against Joey Gilbert relating to his law practice and his time as a professional boxer. Fact, instead of working to advance the mission, of AFLDS, Dr. Gold has used the assets, including the website and email, in violation of the law in an effort to turn AFLDS into her own propaganda machine to serve rewarmed and false claims. So it's really going to be a messy slugfest. And I just um, want you to know that it's coming and it's probably going to get a lot of publicity. And we'll just have to see how it plays out. There's a ton of information there, a lot of stuff there. I'll, I'll simply say this because I've gone over it at length in the past already. I think that the chickens are coming home to roost here. It's beyond evidence that she continues to say, Dr. Gold, that she's associated with America's frontline doctors. That is a lie. She is not. America's frontline doctors got rid of her a long time ago, or she resigned. But she's kept the name and stealing the name and using the name because of its recognition. Uh, that, that's absurd. Again, even in the AFLDS's own documentation, it says she's not affiliated with us anymore. But she keeps going around telling everybody that she's associated with AFLDS. AFLDS is on all of the logos and the white coats and everything else that she uses to promote herself. That's the problem. That's, a, I mean, that's one of many, but that's certainly one of them. She's just, she's just acting like she's a part of it. She's like the kid. Oh God, how, how many comparisons can I make here? 
Uh, she's the kid who shows up to a birthday party for someone else but thinks it's their birthday. And then walks around this other kid's birthday party thinking that it's their birthday and that they're the one who should get the prizes and or the, you know, the, the presents and blow out the candles on the cake and everything else. Well, it's my birthday. I'm the one. I'm a kid too. And, you know, it's just, it's so hilarious. I think it's hilarious. My spidey senses were accurate about her a long time ago. I think it's glorious. Okay. It will be interesting to see, by the way, how this all shakes out. Uh, I'm going to keep trying to pay attention to it the best that I can. And uh, yeah. And again, if you have more information about her or AFLDS, definitely shoot it my way because grifters, I'll tell you what, I can't stand them. All right. Here's the next thing. Moving along here. Uh, I want to read... I want to read this first before I read the Pfizer document that was released just the other day. I had a listener of the show send me this, and it's, uh, it's telling, I think. And they know who they are, and thank you for sending it. There will be total anonymity here. They sent me a screenshot of a document that Tyson, the chicken food company, um, that, their, that their truckers have to carry with them now, if they have filled out a religious exemption or a medical exemption as to why they can't take the shots. So Tyson is basically ramping up their mask wearing and their shot taking again. It, it's possible it never went away, but with all the factual information that's out there now regarding how the masks do nothing and the shots are killing people, they don't seem to care. They're continuing to, uh, again, just ram this down people's throats. I will leave names and numbers out of this but I do want to I do want to read this document because again this is how stringent they are as a company and what they're having their employees do who uh have filled out the religious exemption and and aren't playing aren't playing their nonsense game it says the following quote attention tyson driver Please make sure that you are following these guidelines below and that we talked about during our accommodation conversation. Make sure you have your badge and these guidelines with you on this date. And if you have any questions, reach out to us, blah. It then says this, Tyson Driver Accommodation Guidelines. There are four bullet points. The first one, compliance with pre-entry COVID-19 screening process, which includes wearing a face mask, temperature checks, symptoms reporting, sanitizing hands, and social distancing of six feet or more. The next one says, limited restricted access to physical building owned, operated by Tyson. The next one says, limited contact with other Tyson team members, 10 minutes or less per site, per stop. It then says, the last bullet point of this section, it says, must wear Tyson-supplied face mask while on Tyson property and outside of designated vehicle. Again, these people are insane. They're absolutely insane. They apparently cannot read. They cannot think. And this is what they're doing as a company. They're just... They're doing the opposite of everything that is factually accurate. So again, I'm going to read the second part of this, but th th this again, 
goes directly into sort of the mass formation psychosis uh, talk. However you want to phrase that, it's nuts. So instead of paying attention to facts and then reversing course and saying we've made mistakes X, Y, Z, they just have to double down on their previous guidelines regardless of how insane they previously were. They're just doubling down. That doesn't work for gamblers. More times than not, they end up losing, and unfortunately, these massive companies are going to lose. Then says this, load, pickup, slash, drop-off process. There are five bullet points. The first one says, Tyson drivers with an approved accommodation must remain in their trucks as much as possible when on site. Bullet point two says, once parked on Tyson property, the Tyson driver will contact the Distribution Administration, DA, to let them know that they are ready for the paperwork exchange. Once the, D, the next one says, once the DA is ready to exchange the paperwork, they will contact the Tyson driver to let them know they can, they can process, can be processed? Yikes. It, it literally says, can processed to the shipping office or designated location. This will allow the, uh, the facility to manage the flow of pedestrian traffic to and from the designated location. Remember, the Tyson driver must not be in the building more than 10 minutes. Who knew there was a time limit on an illness that doesn't exist? <laughs> Honest to God. Don't be in the building longer than 10 minutes or the building will explode. It then says, uh, the second to last bullet point, it says, once the paperwork exchange is complete, the Tyson driver must immediately return and remain in their truck until their load is picked up or dropped off and then leave the premises. The final one says, Tyson drivers who have been granted an accommodation must carry proof of an approved accommodation on their person while on Tyson property. For the love of God, I, you know, God bless this person for working there, really. I mean, God bless them, you know, all these individuals that have had to deal with all this nonsense. Uh, I hope the accommodations continue to stay, you know, be available to you so that you don't lose your job. But man alive, this is, this is pure insanity. I don't know how else to describe it. These people have lost their minds who run these organizations. And uh, yeah, this won't end well for them as more facts continue to come out. And the Fauci's of the world hang from, uh, from a noose. I mean, that's the only way forward here. And it certainly seems to be the case, which leads me into this next thing. Uh, Anthony Fauci's deposition transcript has been released, and this has to do with uh, a free speech lawsuit. So allow me to dive in here to uh, Technofog's substack titled The Reactionary. This was just from yesterday or the other day. It says the following, quote, the Fauci deposition transcript contradicts lies and quote unquote, I don't recalls from the nation's most malignant doctor. It says the following. I'm going to read part of this. There's lots of it. And again, this isn't even the full transcript of Fauci. 
but it gives a background as to what this most recent deposition was about and then some of his comments. It says this, quote, today, Mater uh, Missouri, maternity, hilarious, uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt released the transcript of the testimony of Dr. Anthony Fauci. As you might recall, Fauci was deposed as part of an ongoing federal lawsuit challenging the Biden administration's violation of the First Amendment in targeting and suppressing the speech of Americans who challenged the government's narrative on COVID-19. Here is the Fauci deposition transcript, and he has a link to the entire thing. I will provide that link in the description below. Technofog said, here is the highlights. Here are the highlights, rather. EcoHealth Alliance, the Peter Datsik Group, is knee-deep in the Wuhan controversy, having been funded by Fauci's NIH for coronavirus and gain-of-function research in China, and having worked with the Chinese team in Wuhan. What does Fauci say about EcoHealth Alliance? Over two years after the COVID-19 pandemic and after millions dead worldwide, he's vaguely familiar, quote-unquote, with their work. Here is a caption from the transcript. It says, quote, question. This Exhibit 2 is a document printed off of the NIH website called Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence. Are you familiar with the project that's referred to in this document titled Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence? Unquote. Anthony Fauci's answer. Quote, I'm vaguely familiar with the fact that EcoHealth Alliance has been doing research on trying to understand the bat coronavirus emergence. Well, of course, that immediately contradicts the title, but whatever. Uh, it says then, Technofog writes this and says, in early of 2020, Fauci was put on notice in, in his group, NIAID had funded EcoHealth Alliance on bat coronavirus research for the past five years. Question. Two paragraphs down, it says NIAID has funded Peter's group, referring to Mr. Datsik for coronavirus in China for the past five years through understanding the risk of bat coronavirus emergence, correct? And then the grant number. Fauci says, yes, I see that. Technofog then says this, co uh, this coincided, rather, with early reports directed to Fauci from Jeremy Farrar and Christian Anderson, quote, of the possibility of there being a manipulation of the virus, based on the fact that, quote, it was an unusual virus, unquote, question from the lawyer. I think you testified earlier that you recalled for the first time that concern about the origin of the virus being posted on your radar screen was from a call from Christian Anderson and Jer Jeremy Farrar. Is that right? Anthony Fauci answered and said, quote, yeah, I believe that my recollection from a few years ago that that's the first I became aware of this concept of the possibility of there being a manipulation of the virus. Uh, let's see. Then Technofog said Fauci Cohen, uh, conceded, rather, that he was specifically made aware by Anderson that, quote, the unusual features of the virus make it look potentially engineered. Quote, or question before quote, the question from the lawyer said, okay, 
And then immediately above that, at Dr. Anderson said, quote, the unusual features of the virus make up a, rea- a, a really small part of the genome, so one has to look very closely at all of the sequences to see that some of the features potentially looked engineered. Anthony Fauci said, right. The lawyer said, correct. Anthony Fauci said, yes. He continues to say, I don't recall, I don't recall, I don't recall. Here's a couple other transcripts, uh, quotes in, in here, which I'll just read very quickly. And again, I'll link the entire deposition in the link below, along with the Technofog article, if you want to read the, read the whole thing. Uh, the qu- question from the lawyer says, I'm curious if you remember Jeremy raising concerns about expressions on social media about the origins of the virus in this time frame. Anthony Fauci said, quote, I don't. I don't recall anything about social media. I think Jeremy and I believed, he says it really very well here, that what he was afraid of, that people would be speculating and blaming people, blaming the Chinese, and and that only will increase tensions and reduce cooperation, which is necessary to really continue to pursue what actually happened in order to prepare for and prevent similar things from happening in the future. Yikes. Talk about deflection, in my opinion. Uh, the lawyer then asked, uh, what distortions on social media were you concerned about? Was the people, was that the people expressing, and then Anthony chimes in, wild, wild speculation and, and accusations, you know, blaming the Chinese and talking about their deliberately or accidentally, which certainly is a possibility. And then later on, he says, I don't recall anyone in the federal government that I know when asked the question, were you aware of anyone associated with the federal government communicating with Facebook about that decision, blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's very long, of course. I'm sure it was a multi-hour deposition. Like I said, I will include a link to the entire thing in the description below. Uh, Here's the final thing that I want to mention. And I want to end with these two things, geopolitically speaking. First, uh, Germany is now banning farmers from fertilizing their own land to serve the EU's green agenda. This comes from WND.com. We know what's happening with the Dutch farmers and their government stealing their land. If I was the Dutch and I owned a gun, Instead of driving around in my tractor, I would stand on my property with a gun. I would keep farming. Uh, I would farm for the local communities with gun in hand. And of course, when government shows up to take your land, you know what to do. That's what I would do if I was them. Again, rather than wasting gasoline and tooling around in my own equipment uh, in some parade. But whatever. To each his own, I guess. Again, it's been reported on at length by countless others. The percentage of food that comes from the Netherlands is astounding. It's in the 90% range. It's massive. But the same thing, of course, is now happening in Germany. And uh, there are certain individuals, ladies and gentlemen, from German past who would not have allowed this to happen. I think we know who we're talking about. Um, Here's the last thing. This is interesting, too. Came across this. 
just the other day. I'll link this in the description below because this is an older article from 2015, but very relevant with what is going on in the world today. This is from the millenniumreport.com and it's titled Operation Cloverleaf, the most dangerous weapons testing program in world history. Chemtrails, aerosol and electromagnetic weapons in the age of nuclear war by Amy Worthington. Just going to read the first paragraph here. It says, quote, North America is now suffering its seventh year of conspicuous and dangerous aerosol and electromagnetic operations conducted by the U.S. government under the guise of national security. Concerned citizens watch in fear as military tankers discolor the skies with toxic chemicals that morph into synthetic clouds. It goes on and on and on. It's a lengthy article worth the read. Again, aerosoling poisons in the sky, dropping down. Of course, we breathe it in. It lands on farmland, trees, etc., etc. It's very lengthy and worth it. I'll make this one observation and then I'll catch you on Friday, which, by the way, is going to be the 400th episode of this show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for tuning in, certainly. Um, And I've got a a number of things to bring up and some theorizing to go on here in that 400th episode on Friday. Uh, Let's see. Has anybody made this observation? I'm a bird watcher. I feed birds. I watch birds. I know birds. I can identify them, the whole thing. I like birds. Uh, I've been called a bird nerd before. Whatever. I like birds. Has anybody noticed there being less birds at their bird feeders this year as opposed to previous years, in particular now that winter has rolled in? It's just an observation I've made. I don't know if you've made the same observation. Now that I've mentioned it, uh, potentially you will make the same observation. I'm not, again, trying to gaslight people into particular things that aren't happening. I've just noticed less birds. That's, that's my observation. So leave that where you want to, but uh, food for thought there. Anywho, here's the final thing. This is the Pfizer BioNTech statement from just the other day, December 5th. And it says the following. I'm not going to read the whole document. It's four pages long, but I do want to run through there. Uh, what is it? Side effects that have been reported with these vaccines include, and it's this giant list, and wouldn't you know it, it's leaving out some rather important things. But the title of their statement is, again, from BioNTech, and it says Pfizer and BioNTech submit application to USFDA for emergency use authorization of Omicron BA.4 slash BA.5 adapted by bivalent COVID-19 vaccine in children under five years old. They want to kill as many as humanly possible and normalize this as much as humanly possible. It continues, again, lengthy document. There's a section on myocarditis. And pericarditis, uh, it says it has occurred in some people who have received the Comirnaty or Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The observed risk is higher among adolescent males and adult males under 40 years of age than among females and older males. Rationalizing it away, it's nuts. 
Here are their side effects, and these are the only ones they list on this particular document. The following. Severe allergic reactions, non-severe allergic reactions such as rash, itchy, hives, swelling of the face, myocarditis, pericarditis, injection site pain, tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, fever, injection site swelling, injection site redness, nausea, feeling unwell, swollen lymph nodes, decreased appetite, diarrhea, vomiting, arm pain, fainting in association with injection of vaccine, unusual and persistent irritability, unusual and persistent poor feeding, unusual and persistent fatigue or lack of energy, unusual and persistent cool pale skin. And that's it. It says these may not all be all the possible side effects of the vaccine. Call your vaccine provider to find out more. Bothersome side effects continue and do not go away. Contact them for more information to probably get your next shot. Uh, I don't see the word death in here anywhere. D-E-A-T-H. I just searched the document for the word death, and the answer is it does not pop up at all. They're not going to tell you the one thing they want you to experience as a result of their shots. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to tell you because they don't want you to know. It's that simple. Thank you for listening. Lots of information in this episode, lots of stuff. Check the description below if you want to read those articles in advance. Again, Operation Cloverleaf, very interesting. And of course, the Anthony Fauci deposition as well in the Technofog article. With that said, everybody, I'll catch you on Friday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.